Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. So, we've recorded this podcast on the hottest day of the year, and I had to shut my windows to make sure there was no background noise. So, yeah, uh, at least my pores have been released and, you know, I've uh, been detoxed by sweat. Um, That's good. That's what you wanted to hear. Uh, Now you're listening to this in September. Um, So on today's show, we have a really good friend of mine called Napa, Napa Bafikele. You may have seen him on Facebook posting about Rent to Rent. He has had a really interesting personal history, which, you know, we delved into on this show, which normally we don't, but... The conversation, you know, led us down that that garden path, and there was no knotweed at the end, so it was good. Uh, and we speak about his history, you know, being made homeless by his own father, and what happened to his mental health during that period. And then also, how he then came back from that, rescued it, moved into rent, went with very little money, essentially just hustled, like really, really hustled, to get where he is today. At the peak of his portfolio, he had 13 rent-to-rents, and he gave two back. And now he teaches, mentors, educates in rent-to-rent, and his students seem to be getting quite a lot of results um, if you look at Facebook. So near the end, we touch on that. We touch on his book. We talk about the ingredients you need to be cooking up in a rent-to-rent kitchen. So I hope you enjoy this one. Slightly different to the normal. Remember, if you need a recommendation for a mortgage broker, an insurance broker, who I'm actually going to get on the podcast soon, or direct to bridging lenders, ones that have done well by me, not like some who haven't, I can introduce you, whether you're international, whether you're in the UK, whatever, or if you want deal sources in like the, in Wales or in like the North East or the Midlands, uh, let me know and I can introduce you to people who I like and who I have worked with before. Napa, 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 welcome to the Tedge Talks podcast. Yes, Tedge. You know, it's a real pleasure to have you here. You know, I've known you for, I don't actually know how long now, but when we first met, all I knew was Napa, black and white picture, in a suit, does rent and rent, someone recommended me. I I didn't know anything about you. And then I met you. And from the moment we met, we got on instantly. And every time we see each other now, we just look at each other and we're like, what are we going to chat shit about today? Like, you know, we just know that there's going to be like 100% business. And it's going to be 99% just taken absolute piss, yeah? Um, yeah. You know, we always have a laugh. So, you know, I think it's about time that you came on the podcast because you're, you know, you do a lot of rent-to-rent training. You do a lot, well, you're writing a book. Uh, you do post a lot on Facebook and Instagram. So before we get into all of that stuff, can you tell everyone, you know, briefly, like, your story before property and maybe some important events that happened to you before property? Yeah, definitely, man, for sure, man. So before properties, um, you know, the usual, man, I was, I was studying, I was at university. And then, um, so the, the pretty much the story started, I never wanted to go to uni. I never wanted to work for anyone, right? But coming from the background I came from, like, you know, being African, like education was key. And especially my dad being, you know, highly educated, you know, it was mandatory that for me to go to university. So I went to university, I did sport and exercise science. And then after that, my dad was like, you know what, you have to go and do masters. And I didn't want to go and do masters. But then I was like, you know what, because he really planned it out, you know, uh, do you be uh, your life solo? Then I said, you know what, um, I'm going to do masters, right? And then once I do masters, that's it. I'm gonna fly. You know, I will take control of my own destiny. And then I asked them the question: So, who's gonna pay for masters? They said, "Oh, you're gonna pay for it." Then I'm like, "I don't want to do it. You want me to do it, so I have to pay for it." Those a year. So I was working full time in London as a fitness trainer for Virgin Active, and then I was also studying full time. So I had a massive bag with a small laptop. So whenever I'm traveling, you know, between the two cities, that's when I'll do my work. So doing that, doing that, and then um, finish university, finish masters, I give them the certificate without even opening. I was informed by my, my teachers that I passed, but what I got, I don't know. 
I just passed them the certificate. I said, you know what? It's time for me to do what I want to do. And then, um, so I was like, you know what? I, I've always been into sports, always been into sports. I said, okay, let me try something different. And then um, I went into recruitment, you know, for nurses. Bro, the long hours. <laughs> it was serious. The, them long hours were serious, man. Like, And plus it was in Boston Manor. And then I'm from King's Cross, you know, Angel. And it was like a long ride every single day. And some days I work like seven days in a row, no break, even 10 days, no break. Then I have like the occasion three days, then the cycle repeats. And then I start looking for something that I can do because I've always been, you know, hustling, things like that. Then I'm, I've been looking, you know, what can I do that will be more stable, but that won't require a lot of energy or thinking, you know? So if you look at property, it's quite, it's pretty simple. Even there's hard work, but it's pretty simple. Then unless I'm running a retail business, does it make sense? So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do, you know, I, I started researching where, you know, where to go, which industry to, uh, to focus in. And then um, I was watching an interview by Joe Budden, the rapper. And he said he made his first million through property. <laughs> right then i'm like okay then i started paying attention then and then ti was that when he became a rapper his uncle asked him money and his uncle buy houses renovate and flip and make more money then that's real estate because i'm into rap then i'm like okay these people making more money you know through real estate than the actual endeavors you know the um entertainment careers and then i looked at my grandfather in africa he had about seven houses you know, he never called us in Europe, say, hey, I need money. So, you know, he's looking after himself for his own portfolio, right? And then I got on the Bible, right? On the Bible, mostly people, God was gifting people land, right? You look at land, it's real estate. You know, God was you maybe Abraham, go to this part, then, you know, control that part of land. You know, that's real estate. Then I, then I started reading most entrepreneurs like Lord Sugar, Donald Trump, you know, real estate. Then I said, you know what? It's pretty simple to go through real estate. Then I started researching about courses. Then I went and done the geofielding course. I was, I think, like 21 or 22 when I done the geofielding course. And then um, I met a few people that we stayed in touch. But they was asking, I think, like for 20K to join the mentoring program. And then I didn't have that. So I backed away. Then I started networking with more people in the industry. And then they, they mentioned rent to rent. So while I was working at recruitment, I was like, you know what? I need to go away, take a break and think about life. So I went to Miami. Going to Miami was me and my cousin and one of my guys from, you know, from Virgin Active. We got there for two weeks. I said, the first week, yeah, we're going to go crazy. Whatever you want to do, I'm down. The second week, leave me alone, <laughs> right? So, you know, uh, Martin Robinson, I think, is it Martin Robinson or Robert? The guy from Home Under the Hammer. Yeah, I bought his book. I finished in seven days. So I was like, you know what? I'm down in properties. Came back, bro. I'm not even American, yeah? I was homesick. <laughs> All I was thinking about, I want to go back to States. I enjoyed the lifestyle. I enjoyed the freedom. Right? Plus, I was in Miami. Like, you can see, you know, the lavish lifestyle in South Beach. I was like, I want the lifestyle. I want the freedom. So luckily, I got headhunted by the body coach. So it was similar side for what I was getting, but the luxury was that you're going to work from home. And I was I never done it before. It sounds attractive. I like to save not, you know, money. I said, I'm not going to pay Oyster cards. I can just wake up, work, and then in and out. Bro, I've, I've never been on tag in my life, but at that point in time, I felt like I was in tag. Because, <laughs> you know, 89, 86, I couldn't leave the house. And then it was summertime. It's like something you want to leave, but it's the mindset is different because once you, I can be home all day without leaving, but but the moment you know I can't leave, it plays a different mindset. And why, why like, couldn't you leave? Because I was working. I was working from home. Ah, for the body coach. Yeah, yeah. Body so coach, laning fifteen. Exactly, that's the guy. And guess what, bro? In seven days, they fired me. <laughs> So, so just to really cut in, this is—I didn't know you worked for the body coach. That's sick. But 
It's interesting that you said that you got your inspiration from rappers because no one's ever come on the show and said that. And no one's even said that to me because, you know, I know those two and various others who talk about real estate quietly. They don't make it obvious. Um, so it's just really interesting to hear that that was your inspiration as opposed to, you know, rich dad, poor dad, all these other famous property people. And it's something for everyone listening is like, you will take inspiration from whoever the hell it is, as long as they inspire you. So going back to your story. So you got fired after seven days. Um, and you, but at this, during this time you were still wanting to do rent to rent, right? So during this story, I had an idea, you know, I've been networking, but I haven't done anything yet. I, I believe I've done the training. I've done the training in um, April. So this was like now July, right? So I haven't done anything significant, just, you know, dotting around, speaking to people. So that was kind of the midst of it, right? So after seven days, they fired me. They sent they sent that code and spell. So <laughs> that hit me hard considering I've got a master degree, you know? I couldn't spell. My grandma was all over the place. So they said, because it was more online based, you know, I have like a portfolio of clients, then I'll help them with, you know, with the training programs. And then, um, yeah. So, because I'm just direct to the point, people ask you questions. Like, oh yeah, I've done the training for like two days. I haven't got the results. But the body coach expect me to give like a long paragraph type of answer. I'll just get to the point, you know what? You, you know, you haven't done it long enough. It's consistency that I thought. So that was that. And then um, they got rid of me. So them getting rid of me, I went back to the agency that got me. Then I said, hey, listen, man, these people got rid of me. What's next? So they got me a job at a call center in, in Kentish Town. Bro, you don't understand how much this knocked down my confidence. Looking at, you know, I got, you know, master degree, I got my undergrad. I had a salary. Now I'm working for, you know, £8 per hour at a call center. Bro. That really affected me big time. So I'm like, I'm just going downhill. So I, I called the manager, I said, because he was a young lad as well, and his brother plays for Brentwood, I think. Um, I asked the guy, I said, listen, is it possible for me to work part-time? You know, rather than doing 95, I can do 5 to 9, so 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. when you guys close. He goes, yeah, that's fine, you know, let's do that. So once we start doing that, I start researching rent to rent. You know, research, rent to rent, research, rent to rent. And the one time I came home, there was a domestic situation at the house. You know, I didn't, I didn't like it. And I approached my dad. I said, you know what, we, you know, I didn't like what you did. You know, you know, the African man, you know, I'm the king of the house. What I say, what goes, you know. And then, bro, so I was sleeping. This was a Thursday, right? Sleeping, wake uh, in the morning. I saw a letter under my desk, under my tape, I mean, my door. Is saying, you know, you have to Saturday to leave the house. So that was my eviction notice for my dad, <laughs> right? So he said, you have to start, uh, Saturday to leave the house. Then I said, okay, that's cool. Bro, coming from where I came from, right? Like, we don't, like, we, we've been told that, you know, as a man, you don't cry. And especially when you're, you're from, not from the street, but, you know, you're associated. You don't show emotion, you know, you just take it and go. Right, bro, that was my first ever time. I was driving to a viewing in Brixton, bro. The whole journey, I was crying because I never felt so confused. Like, I'm working part time, only making about 300 pounds a month, you know, and then uh, I'm gonna be evicted. The reason why I went part time to focus my business, so like, bro, I was confused to another level. So I went to the viewing, done the viewing. Um, on my way back, I had a blue shirt, black trousers, and a, you know black shoes. It was like July, summertime as well, about this time. Driving back with my blue Merc, my brother called me. So I was near Farringdon. So my brother called me. He said, I'm not happy about what dad said. I said, what did he say? He said, okay. He said, so pretty much my dad cursed me, right? He said, the re he said, the reason why he gave you the letter at night, so you will never be successful in life. So your day will become your dark, your darkness, right? Uh, if you want to be successful in life, remove his name and his DNA. I say, I can remove the name, but the DNA, <laughs> I 
I don't know any scientist that, you know, does that yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So remove his name, remove his DNA. You know, there's like an African say where they say, you know, I puked you out because nobody will ever eat a puke back up. So, you know, and then by the time I got home, bro, all my pitch has been turned down. Yeah. Like they turn it face down. So to us, where I'm, you know, Congolese, if, if that happens, that means the person's dead, you know, rest in peace. So, bro, so I was, bro, I was crying. And then, bro, it's because I, 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 I read, you know, I'm, I'm not Bible savvy, but, you know, I, I read the Bible at times. And you, you know that there was Abel and Cain. When Cain was cursed, you know, he was just walking around until he died. So that was my mindset. I'm like, I'm not going to walk, you know, try my best and not be successful. And when I called my cousin, I said, hey, this is what happened. They was like, oh, bro, these type of things happen. If you watch like Nollywood, you know, these type of things, you know, it manifests. Bro, bro, that just killed me. Then I went to my pastor. I said, you know what? This is the situation. This is what happened. And then he said to me, if your dad is God, you know, what he said will go to pass. But if your dad is not God, you will prosper in your life and go do what you go do. Right? So this was like, you know, July. So Saturday came. Yeah. It was like 4 a.m. A massive bang on my door. Boom, boom, boom. So my dad opened the door. So my, my mom was, you know, like when my mom was trying to shield, like trying to, you know, pre, trying to stop him from coming in. Right. So my dad went to the kitchen. I called it to my mom. He took a knife. And he said, on his way back, he said, if you don't leave by 10 a.m., someone's going to prison and someone's dying. Let the best man win, right? So he went away. I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I packed up my stuff. You know, then I left. And obviously, me and my brother, we don't have like the close relationship. The moment I came to his house, I started getting a bit of rules. You know, you can't bring your girlfriend here. You, that don't really work with me. So I, then I just started dozing around, you know, I will chew in my car, you know, occasionally I will sleep there. I will, I will go to the gym where I used to work before Angel because I knew people that don't let me in. I will never try and I will just go there to shower. I will go there to shower, shower. And people say, enough, you call me every day, you're losing weight. What training program are you doing? Because we're not seeing you train. Because, bro, I will barely eat nothing. And one time I went to buy food, I was so hungry, bro. I remember this clearly. I was so hungry. I went to Sainsbury's to buy food. <laughs> Ate, like just You know them sandwiches? My card was declined. I couldn't even eat. So going to work the following uh, day, I went to the office was quiet. No one. And the manager was like, you know, enough. I'll go home. When you, you know, we'll, before you come uh, back to work ne uh, next day, let us call you. The guy called me next day and said, hey, listen, man, we lost the contract. There's no more job. And I'm like, bro, I was going there to ask them for more hours. Now you're telling me there's no job. What am I going to do? And going to the council, they send your budgets like 90 pounds a week for a room. I live in Islington. We're going to find that. You know what I mean? So at that point, that's when I became so excited because then I stopped thinking my dad's word is coming to pass now because what he said, you, you know, now I'm losing my job. You know, things are manifesting. Then I started researching ways I can take my own life. Then I was like, you know what? <laughs> I can't swim. Let me drive uh, to Blackfire Bridge. I got there. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to jump in the middle. By the time these people come, you know, nap is gone. The end. And then once I got at the bridge, then I started hearing voices in my head, right? So voices in my head was like, then I heard Les Brown, one of his quotes, he says like, you know, if you are worthy enough, you're not doing what you're meant to be doing in life, life will move on on you, right? It will shift you into place. And then the name Chris Gardner came in my mind. Bear in mind, I don't know who this guy is. And then I Googled it. Uh, I went on YouTube, typed it, and he was the guy from The Peace of Happiness by Will Smith. You know, then I watched his video, you know, how he was homeless, and he went to become, you know, like a multimillionaire. And then the name Joseph came in my mind. Like Joseph, I was like, who is Joseph? Then he was like, Joseph from the Bible. It's like I was having a conversation with God. Then uh, I, I, I watched Joseph's story, you know, how he was sold by his family. Then he went up to be like, you know, 
king, etc. And then I went back to my house. I said to them, I said, one day you're going to work for me. I just left. When I left and then I stole, you know, right. Then I called my mentor, Ashley Banfield. When everything was going, I was sending him pictures, you know, because I was trying to make fun out of it, you know, so I don't really get into it. I was sending him pictures. Like, oh, yeah, if you're, if I was in London, you could come and stay at my place because he was at Peterborough. Then I said, you know, Ashley, I want to join your mentorship. He said, oh, Napa, I can't take you knowing what you're going through, right? I can't take money from you. Like, morally, it's not right. I said, no, we, we kind of had like a little dispute, you know, I want to pay, but he don't want me to pay. Then I said, okay, since you're talking 3,000 plus VAT, why don't you remove the VAT? I just paid the 3K. <laughs> so that's what we, he said, oh, you know, let me consult my wife. And because I was paying via credit card. Then he said, okay, cool, I pay via credit card. And I didn't have any money as well. So I start posting myself on Facebook. You know what? I'm looking for people that have money. They want to do rent money in London. I'm looking for these type of deals. Bro, so many people I met up with, some of them was like, oh, rent doesn't work in London. Some of them was like, oh, yeah, why don't you come and work for me and do sourcing for me? Some people tell me you're wasting your time. You know, it was, it was a lot of energy. Then some people was like, oh, yeah, but you're inexperienced. How can I risk my money? So that was just a knockdown every single time. And then one day I was at church helping out. Then I got a message, you know, from my first investor, Kilesh. I called him with up in Marswell Hill. He said, okay, I've got this machine. Let's do, bro. This now we're touching the August, September, October this year. So October, I got my first deal. Two week, my first deal, I got that. Then um, Kilesh, he was a Napa moving. Then I said, if I'm moving, there won't be cash for in the business because I can't, I can't afford rent. He was a nice cool. I want it to be stable. Once your mind is well, we can get more deals. So I moved in on my first rent to rent. Then we got a second deal third deal, fourth, fifth. Then I kind of ventured that to SA when SA started buzzing. I was like, SA must be easy because if it's harder to get, you know, larger houses and there's so many flats around, you know, it should be easy. And when I got to SA's, it didn't work out. I just jumped into it, you know, following the buzz. So Lost a bit of money let's, there. Let's back Came back here, on yeah. the rent to rent, you know. So before we get into mm. the SA part, so... So you you know you were made pretty much homeless by your dad. You went through a lot in terms of your health, you know, mental yeah. and physical, for that period of time. You found Big a mentor, time. and then obviously the mentor helped you then get these rent to rents. But I mean, for people listening who are you know, maybe in, have been in a similar situation or are in a similar situation or even any situation, you know, how did you, with no experience, no sort of um, background in property how did you secure your first rent to rents and how did you know they were going to work like talk me through the i don't know the mechanics of how you got your first rent to rents so uh, so i already done the training right so even when you do like the one day training whichever is it the whatever format you do the training right like is that you get the basic you get the knowledge but the mechanic that goes behind the scene you may not know that right so, because you may come up a question that you never heard before via an agent, then you go back to your mentor and then they say, okay, yeah, this is the way you can move forward. So I started looking at my area, right? Then I stopped browsing further south, further south, further south London. So I came across a property, uh, called the agent. I went there, you know, literally my view was at six o'clock. I got there at 5.45. One guy was coming out, the deal was gone. I'll go upstairs and say, bro, like, what's going on? He said, oh, that guy paid everything on the spot. Then I said, okay, you know what? <laughs> he was a black guy too, man. I said, bro, listen, I'm in a desperate situation, you know, got targets to me. I need to get this business going. Then he, he goes to me and said, hey, listen, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I was confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? Scratch your back, I'll scratch yours. He goes, money talks, baby boy. I said, what's that? This is an agent, you know? Then I said... <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, I said, listen, I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do a deal, right? If I find the property myself, this is my numbers that I'm looking for. This is my model. This is the profit margin I'm looking for, right? If you find me a property matching these requirements here, I'm going to pay you. If I find it myself, I ain't going to pay you. So the first one, I found it myself, worked at the figures, 
it worked out well. I sent it to my man, so he approved it, made the offer, made everything, it went fine. Two weeks after, picking myself back up. I just ain't got money. And then obviously people around me in the property industry, some of them did help her. Ashley helped me out, Des helped me out, uh, Kilesh helped me out, you know, few people, you know, helped me out financially. So I came out, uh, I was training, this agent called me, he said, Napa, whatever you're doing, stop. I was like, okay. He said, meet me at this address. He sent me the address, I drove there. He said, why you ask me? I've done my due diligence, tell me. We both laughed. That property, he, he, he never went on the market. So he just took the keys an hour, called me, and it was sold. The landlord was happy. His manager was happy. He gave them like a good turnover, you know. Never, an hour on the market is already taken. But they, they already had a paperwork. References was quick. Next week, we got the keys, put it in. It was been like 800 pound. Then we, you know, then I started growing like that. I paid him uh, 200 I paid him £200 and then I got a a bottle of my wet. So I think that's like, it's interesting. I mean, it's very, very, it's not surprising at all that an estate agent, you know, asked for that. Um, But I think as they get more and more regulated, you know, less and less of them are going to ask for that. So, you know, you got it through a relationship, but more so a relationship of of, of notes and, and pounds. So, that's a kind of slightly different way. So, you know, when you had the, this rent to rent, how did you then go about taking it from, you know, a normal house into a HMO? Okay. So this one here, it was before the, the regulation change, you know, where if it's five people now, regardless of number of storage, you have to get the HMO license. It was prior to that. So then you can target four houses, turn it to five, as long as you just have, you know, comply with the with the fire regs, you know, you're you're all right. So it kind of minimized the entry cost. So took it uh took the four bed, you know, we we got a builder, because Kilesh, his friend was also a builder, so he came, he changed all the fire doors, put the sealed everything. And then we just turned the living room into a bedroom. It had a massive kitchen, we kind of made the kitchen dying out. And then, you know, we saw the room individually. Hmm. And then you know, at this point, you, you know, obviously were saying that you didn't have many funds. So how did you pay like for the builder and also for all the furniture? The JV investor, the JV partner. So our partnership was he was responsible for anything financial. And then I was responsible for the operational and funding the deals and running the deals. Ah, so you had a JV So I would just you... bring the deal, say, okay. So you had a JV partner before you even had a deal? No, if you know when I said I was at the church, right? I, and I stopped posting online saying that, listen, I'm doing rent to rent. I'm looking for deals in this area and then this type of cash flow. And people start messaging me to work with me. But most of them were time wasters, you see. And most wanted just to knock me down per se, because saying it, it wouldn't work. You're too young. You don't have experience. Because I was 23, and then um, and then I met Kilesh. Kilesh, said, okay, I got this much funds. Let's do it. So from then on, him, him and I become uh, partners, where he will put the money in, and I'll bring the deal and I'll run the deal. Okay, I see. Okay, cool. Which is a great you know arrangement to have. So then you got this first rent to rent how did you then get the next couple of ones after that so after that one the, the second property the landlord recommended us to his network he was so because we took the house it was in built up uh, condition we decorated the you know we made it look nice and he was impressed and then he recommended us to his brother-in-law his brother in Island and just literally refurb the house and then we went there it would, the numbers would have worked if we turned into a hmo so i went back to my mentor i said hey you know we saw this deal the numbers are good the house is nice the location is nice but it needs a hmo license then he goes to me why don't you go and ask him for, to put a hmo then i'm like he already spent eighty thousand. you think you want to spend more on this property he just wants to get tenants 
then my mentor was like, no, just go and ask him. You, you know, you never know the, what, what's, what's going to happen. Then, you know, it took courage because I already create scenarios in my mind of asking him. He might say no, you know, or it might piss him off considering why, you, you know, he already spent it at the property. I went there, I just asked him, you know what, in order for this to work for us, we need the HMO license. Would you be happy to apply for the HMO license? And I will do the legwork. He said, yeah. So what do you want to do? I said, I'll do the legwork. I'll call the officer. I'll call the council. I'll get them to come and inspect. You just financially fund it. And then every changes that needs to be made, since the property just finished the renovation, you still got contact with the builders, get them to do the, uh, the changes. He goes, yeah, that's fine. So he was happy with it. I called the, the officer. He came around. He inspected. He told me what he uh, needs doing. I emailed it to the landlord. The landlord instructed the builders. And then that's how we got granted for five years. And then that one was bringing a one thousand four hundred. And I think it's interesting. And then after that one, there because the like what you said there about oh I created like a situation in my head that wasn't real, and, and that's for everyone listening. Now we all do that, and we all think what if what they're going to say and make assumptions. But actually, as you you know showed, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no, cool, thanks, bye, or they say yes, and it's a great deal. So. You know, don't assume people don't like create the situations. Just say, okay, the situation is yes or no, and here's what I do in each situation. Let me go and ask. So, um, so you were saying that that one was bringing in one thousand three hundred a month. Four, one thousand four hundred. Okay, so then how did you then go from that one to all your next rent to rents? So from. All my next rents are in. So one more, which was interested one. The next one, because my aim was to get one deal a month, right? So because I had a joint venture, every profit was divided by two. So I went on to, yeah. So the next one, this one here, I saw the property. It was nice. I went there. It wasn't, it was about two minutes walk from my first one. I went there, viewed the property with the agent, done the numbers, it worked, made the offer. The offer got accepted, and then during the referencing period, um, 6 a.m., I believe, I received a message from the agency telling me to pay the deposit and the first month rent and the admin fee, right? This was 6 in the morning. Then I'm like, what? This is bizarre. Who's, you know, who's working hard at this time, right? So I read the email. Then I done my numbers. It didn't match. The 6 weeks deposit wasn't matching what they, they deposit. Right, and then I looked at the email. It was, you know, when they have, for example, let's say hearts, it wasn't heart, just as an example. Let's say it's like tejaheart, you know, dot com, and then it was like tejaheart.com at hotmail.com. So it was like two emails combined, and I'm like, this is weird. So when the agency opened, I called them, they said, Oh, they're not aware of it. This the exact same day around 5 p.m., I got a call saying. Oh, you know, we call it from the agency. If you don't make the payment, the land is going to back out. Then I'm like, oh, what's going on? So I called the agency again. And then they was like, oh, you know, let us investigate. And then they investigate that thing that someone hacked into the, to the system. And then from then on, they decided not to work with corporates anymore. Then I'm like, you know, why? They were just, you know, what it's just safe for whatever, for whatever reason they had, they made their policy not to work with corporates. And I was going holy, I was going Cyprus. So I was gutted. I'm like, this will bring like a thousand, you know, a thousand pound profit, 500 pounds for me, 500 pounds for the investor. So I was gutted. As I went away, I called the branch manager, you know, we discussed and him and I, he said the landlord wants to carry on. You know, the landlord wants the deal to go through. You want the deal to go through. The only breakage is, is the agency. Then I said, what can you do to keep it alive? And if you do anything to keep it alive, I'll look after you. He said, okay, let me see what I can do. When you come back from Cyprus, let's meet. So we met up. I sorted him out. And then um, what he did, he gave me the landlord's number. And then I called the landlord. They was aware of the situation. So it wasn't really much to be done. I paid him directly. So we cut the agency. And then, you know, we got that deal. And then I went and got um, another deal. Then I got from the seventh deal, I hired a manager. And then from 8, 9, 10, 11, so 13, I went by myself, then I started financing my own deals. So how many rent friends did you have at the peak of your portfolio? 
at the peak of my portfolio, I had I had 15, I returned two. No, I returned one because it wasn't working, and one I subletted it to another agency. So they will they put because they wanted it, I wasn't getting any any tenants from it. So I gave it to them. I wasn't making any money, they'll just pay me. Then I'll pay the landlord. And then um to the 30, then I had that 13 active. So how much and then when the regulation changed, I had to so how much money were 13 rent rents bringing in per month of profit? It was it was bringing me about because I had joint ventures, so it was bringing me about 7k on a good peak month. But if it was like you know, if you know, we have voids now and then, it will bring me like 4,000. Wow. So then, you know, at some point you then sort of shifted to education and teaching people, right? Now, there's a lot of discussion, negativity, positivity, whatever, about training courses, mentors, coaches, whatever you want to call it now. Now, if someone looks at your Facebook after this podcast, they're going to see a lot of your students posting results. They're going to see a lot of you just posting results of your students. Now, in your opinion, why do people choose to work with you over, let's say, you know, a, a training company that's well known? Okay, like I've been helping people even before I start. I've been teaching people along the way because to me it was just natural. People would come to me, oh, and I can help me with this, and I would just help out until one day one girl was like, "Why don't you charge for this?" And then I, I start charging it. It just picked up, right? But if you look at my profile, or what I do, I just keep it real with people. You know, as I say, it's a hard business. It's not easy. You know, when they say it's passive, I personally don't believe it is unless you start, you know, off, you know, outsourcing a lot and that can cost you a bit of money as well. And even when I've done my recent video talking about I don't think no money doesn't exist, you know, because there's element of money along way, somewhere along the line whether it's your money or not, but you know, I just I just keep it real with people. You know, I say the and what I teach you just based on my experience. You know, and then because if you see that the bigger company, they, they will give you more theories, but I give you more practical. You know, I'll be in your area, like helping you speak to agents, landlords, whatever needs to be done to help you, what you're struggling with. So that's why I kind of just tailor my thing around my clients. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you and me were talking about brands the other day and, and your brand, when people go look at your Facebook and Instagram, you're not wearing a suit. You're not wearing smart shoes. You're not um, sort of always looking like you're in a business meeting. I think that is also part of your keeping it real is that you literally look how you look at any point in the day. Like, I feel like I've seen every shade of Napa looking at your social media. Um and and like for me that you know when I say to people build a personal brand, it does not have to be what you know people say quote unquote professional. It has to just reach your target audience, and it has to be appropriate for them. And obviously for you, it has been appropriate for people. So you know you have a catchphrase like cooking. We're cooking. We're in the kitchen cooking. What does that mean? We're cooking, bro. <laughs> we're cooking. We're working. We're working. That's what we're cooking, but we you gotta get the ingredients right. You know, that's like the mindset, the the knowledge, the work ethic for you know to start cooking. You know, if you have the wrong ingredients with the wrong recipe, you know whatever you deliver won't work. It won't be nice. Your your dish won't be nice. So you know we have to make sure that's correct before we step in the kitchen and start cooking. Because I can I can tell you, bro. So many people approach me. You know, help me here, help me that. Just the the way they think, especially people. People that are gullible on the, you know, oh yeah, I want to be financially free and safe, you know, bro, come on, go, go, go change that mindset, you know, when you're ready to stop putting in the work and come back, we're going to work. But when you just think, you know, it's just fluffy, yeah, I'm going to get a property and start making 2K, whatever, bro, you know, that, that's, that's fairy stories, man. You know, because it, it requires work, you know, you're running a business. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like that. And I think it's a good analogy is making me hungry as well but it's um it's a good way of you know looking at things you know have your foundations have the ingredients of the dish set up correctly have the right recipe and you're gonna make a nice dish so you 
how many people have you taught in Rent to Rent in total, do you reckon? Oh, I have to cry a few now, man, because I, I kind of took a bit serious around, I wouldn't say serious, I would say like around January, Feb, I kind of went serious because it was just, you know, helping out. It wasn't like, you know, something, it was just like a side, you know, a side thing. But then the more people getting the results, the more people are coming to me, then I said, okay, you know what? Let me take it on. But on top of my head, bro, I would, I don't know. But because I was doing before the one to one training, but then I started seeing more results when I, I combined it with the mentoring, you know, where people, like, for example, Ornella, seven days, she got a deal. Roland, within two, uh, two months, uh, got a deal. Literally, no, no really, nobody really went past the three-month mark without getting a deal. Some people did, having, for example, Debbie. Debbie, she went, I think, like six months, and she, you know, she, she got her deal. But then again, I say to people, right, all I can do is provide you with the guidance. I can provide you with my experience, my knowledge, what I know. But it's up to you to get those ingredients and start cooking with it. Because some people, you give it to them, and then they won't do anything. And then they expect to get the results. But it's those, for example, like Roland, I would say, bro, send 100 letters a week. This guy will send two. So that's the type of people, you know, they will get the results. Mm. And, you know, if, you know, for people listening who want to get into rent to rent, who don't necessarily want to pay for an educational mentor, and that's cool, you know, we're not going to debate sort of if people should or shouldn't. What are your key ingredients specifically for rent to rent that people need to? consider or research to make sure that they can cook and they can build a portfolio like you and your mentees have so i would say right the first thing is the mindset has to be changed right the reason why i'm saying that because if you look on the property industry it has been taught as a lifestyle right i went through that route where i want to be financially free so my financial number is like 3k for example my business is making 3K. You take 3K out of your business. Now you're 3K healthy. Your, your business is 3K poor. So if there's any, you know, financial needs of your business, it doesn't have it because you took it for your personal lifestyle. But that's what has been taught in the industry, you know. You want financial free, you know, in three months, whatever. So while the mindset changes, you know, you're made, if you want to become like financial free, for example, your number is 2,000, you need to be making at least 4,000 in order for you to live. So your business has the financial um, numbers, you know, behind it. Because I went through that route, you know, when I start having financial problems with the business, you know, we got voids here, maintenance. There was no money in the business because I spent it all. But that's what, what I had been taught. So the mindset have to really change before you start jumping into the rent to rent. And then also, you must have like your goals in plan, you know, where you're going, you know, is, do you want to grow it? Or do you want it to be like a side business? Or you want to get some money, leave your job and do something else? So, you know, you really have to be clear with your goal because that will determine the level of effort you put in in terms of how many properties do you get? How big do you grow your portfolio? Because some people come, oh, how many properties do you have? To me, that's like, that's not even the right question. But you can have 10 properties cash flowing 5K. I can have two properties cash flowing 5K. Who is better off? You know, it's it's about so then from then on you can start working out which type of properties do you want to go uh, go for in order to reach your goals and how much capital do you have into place to put into your business and then people come across it's a no money down strategy, bro. If you really want to excel, you you need capital. You know, you need at least five. You know, I put three to seven k to put into the business. If you don't have it, get an investor. Find a ways of a way of raising that capital. But if you don't. You can still make it happen, but you, it just reduces the, the chance of it happening. So it, it's just about the mindset changing it, and then the way we view the strategy, we also must change it. We're running a business. We want to make sure everything is going smooth and right. And then, you know, then you get cooking, man. But the, the lifestyle stuff, you know, I just find if, if people follow that, you know, it, it won't lead them to a good place. I like that. And I think, you know what, it's... I think when generally when people ask for advice and you know, when people ask me and others, it's quite easy to sort of just give the end of the advice, which is like past the stage you mentioned, which is, yeah, you need this many houses, this, this, this. But what you said is like the foundation. Again, it's the ingredients, which is like, OK, before you even think about 
you know the the strategy of this that you know, really think about as a business whether it's empire whether it's lifestyle whether it's in the middle what do you want how you're going to do it why are you doing it what are the exact figures you need and like you said take into account cash flow of business and health you know i think if if your property portfolio nets 10k a month profit you've also got to think and this is not something that you know in the SL you go tell other people about but you've got corporation tax potentially got income tax on that uh, you've potentially got other costs and problems that are going to arise with that you know so when you get to 10k maybe you're more like 9k in your pocket and that is a really really important thing that you've just said there for everyone listening now you train people you have your own rent to rents and you are also you've written a book am i right yes sir tell me about yeah that. yeah so pretty much I looked in the industry, you know, um, I put myself in a position, right? A lot of people want to get into this strategy. When I want, for, most people can't afford mentors. Some people can't afford training because it's expensive, right? So what I've done, I've written a, a book, putting the guys that I've followed to start my rent-to-rent business. And I also spoke to people in the industry to highlight the nightmares that they went through running this business because for example i lost twelve thousand in four months running this business because i had a bad tenant one of my property got broken into one of the uh, tenants called the cancel on me you know like they are you know nightmare stories behind the scene where people don't highlight because they think oh you know that might scare clients away but if you're gonna you're gonna come into this business i want to add this thing what i went through this is all my cards if you're ready jump on ship we go if you're not find something else because i don't want someone to in you know, invest the money into education and then down the line think, you know what, it's not what I thought it would be because I've been missold or misled. So I spoke to uh, people in the industry, you know, we highlight their negative experience and I spoke to different people. We highlight the positive experience, you know, what rent may help them, you know, with their life and endeavors. And then I also went on the step-to-step process, what I've done to create a business. And I also gave case studies on my mentees, myself, uh, along the line as well so pretty much will be a, a book you can take it read it and if you're savvy enough you can take the information and start your own rent and business okay i like it and so another another thing i want to talk about is i remember when i last saw you at a networking event in london you said tej you told a few of us you were like um i keep getting blocked from facebook groups <laughs> <laughs> and um you know what i, I personally I've, I've never been blocked i just tend to you know, play on the safe side, and I think a lot of people do as well. But don't mention the groups, um, because I know you confronted some people face to face and said, um, "Why did you block me?" Which was quite funny to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was definitely different. But what happened with the blocks on Facebook groups, bro? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. People just been blocking me, and then the funny thing is, I don't even sell anything you know i don't sell my courses i don't sell nothing M- mostly some people recommend me and tag me and then the moment that happens blocked <laughs> you know literally in some groups as well i don't even know i've been blocked and then unless some people say oh enough but i tagged on this group but you know your numbers are coming up trying to you know find it i've been blocked so you know i, I don't know i don't know and then i, I rarely comment on people's blo- uh, uh, groups i rarely post but it was just a funny scenario, you see. And then I one time was annoying because I got blocked for one of my mentees getting a deal and then thanking me because he's also part of the academy of that group. And that got me blocked. He didn't get him blocked. Then I'm like, he's the one that posted. Why am I the victim of being, you know, being blocked on something <laughs> that I never, just being tagged? What association is this? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? So, hey, man, I just learned to you you know live by him it's funny now you know you know we can laugh about it it's funny yeah and i think you know it just sounds like a case of these groups obviously made by people who sell courses but you're getting tagged not them so they think uh we want to be tagged who is this guy taking our income we're going to block him and you know it's like it's a it's a balance isn't it they've they've given the group they've given the community yeah they're going to make sales from it so it's kind of like you know, it's obviously an annoyance because you haven't done anything, but at the same time, 
just being totally like a devil's advocate, I see why they do it for their commercial interests. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It, it makes sense. So obviously, rent to rent, there's no um, capital appreciation. There's no asset per se. You're controlling an asset, but you know, there's no what some people would call wealth with it. So what's mm-hmm. in the pipeline with you? So you got the rent to rent, you got the education, you've got money coming in. Are you starting to buy or? Yeah, yeah. So th- that's definitely the next process, you know, buying and building the, you know, building that wealth, you know, building that portfolio. So we're in the process of um, purchasing now in, you know, up in up in north. So that's just like my, and I also want to do lease options. So that's like my next venture out. So doing the lease option and buying and just grow through that way, because you know, and, and a lot of people that I speak with, that's kind of you know the similar pattern. The one that are new to the property, you know, do the lease option, get some capital uh, money coming in. Maybe jump onto this option or buy to let. Then you know, I already got my hierarchy ladder set up where rent to rent, list options, buy to let, HMOs, flips, then conversion, conversion. You know, so I can have that portfolio going. It's not a race, but you know, it's it's, it's that's my goal. Yeah, and um, when it comes to rent to rent, a lot of people say it's not a long term strategy. It's a great stepping stone. Do you see it as only a stepping stone or could someone do it for a very long time and that would be great? That depends on on the goals, you see. That truly depends. Because even running a business, I mean, running a rent-to-rent, it's not easy. You know, it's it's not easy at all. So, for example, like what I like to do now, just, you know, invest with my mentees, you know, join venture with them because they're running it. I'm just putting the money in, you know, like I'm doing the reverse when I started. Because I'm not per se in the business running it, so I can focus on other stuff. But as a stepping stone, yes, as a longevity type of business, that's up to the individual. You know, if you want to do as a long-term business, you can do that. But if you want it to be like a stepping stone, you know, you've got money coming in, so you don't have to rely on your job. So you can start, you can give like 100% focus onto to the rent to rent. You know, I think that's, you know, that can also be, um, you know, a good strategy. But that truly, to answer your question, that truly depends on the person. That truly depends on the person. Because with my cleaning company, we cater to this guy. He has about 50 rents and rents in London. So obviously to him, it's, he got staff, you know, he has an office. So to him, that's a long, you know, that's a business for him. You see? Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Anapa, if people want to buy your book, uh, what should they search for and where can they get it from? Uh, Amazon. The book is called The Rent Rent Blueprint. The Rent to Rent Blueprint. I love yeah. it. And if um, if people want to get a hold of you just to have a chat and see what you're about, etc., what's the best way to do it? Yeah, you can get me on, on my Facebook, Napa Chiba Fikele. You can get me on my Instagram, Napa Bafikele. So, yeah, social media will be the best platform to to get hold of me. Perfect, cool. Well, Napa, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and, and sharing your very personal story at the beginning and then obviously leading us into some tips for rent to rent, which I know will be very useful for people. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me, man. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.